This is a HeadGum Podcast. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. We're listening to Creating Me a Clean Heart by Keith Green today on Good Christian Fun. My bu- Oops. <laughs> I had the wrong one. No, I had the wrong theme song locked and loaded. I'll cut all this out. Oh, okay, yeah. so the next one won't have that, right? Yeah, the next one won't have that. We're listening to Create a Clean Heart in Me by Keith Green today on Good Christian Fun. My butthole's tickling all the time! Do you think you can make God laugh? No, bitch. You're a clown if you say fuck. I'm a Christian wife. Sicario. I'm a Christian wife. White women are notoriously shifty. I'm a Christian wife. You should be upset that I had a laugh with her! Clean up on aisle butt. Is Mambo number five, Ska? A little bit of Mindy in my life. A little bit of Mindy by her side. A little bit of Donald's all I need. A little bit of Daisy's what I see. A little bit of Pluto in the sun. Do we do we do we can't go wrong. A little bit of Goofy everyone. A little bit of him makes life so fun. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. <laughs> Let's yuck and skank. <laughs> oh, it's I'm Caroline. fan number one, Goofy, and we're here to have some good Christian fun. That's right. <laughs> we need to do maybe a radio edit uh, version for that song. What would the and radio edit be? Just, you know, nothing that is embarrassingly graphic coming out of my mouth. <laughs> I, could, I could do a radio edit for the next one. Do you want me to do t- the kids bop version of... The very same. Lyrics. You're a clown if you say freak, like things like that. <laughs> yeah, stuff like that. Caroline, it's been a little bit since we've seen each other. Yeah, yeah. It's been nay over a week. Do I seem week. different? Mm-hmm. Do I seem chill as hell? Not at all. Uh, do yeah, I? That's true. <laughs> no. Yeah, see. <laughs> Not once. I think the message we want to impart on this podcast is people never change and don't hope for <laughs> progress uh, Don't in your take life. time for yourself. No. Mm, don't relax. Uh, no, I went on vacation. I went to the ocean. I went to the sea. Mm-hmm. From the um, titular Hillsong song, Oceans. You were like, <laughs> okay, I've heard rise. about it. Now I got to see it. <laughs> we'll make these oceans fall. Uh, and I saw whales. I saw otters close by. It oh, was lovely. very nice. Yeah, very lovely. Good. Yeah. Are you going to keep in touch with them? The otters? Yeah. No, they're, they're dicks. <laughs> oh, that sucks. You think you make a connection. It turns out it's like a one-way street. Oh, yeah. Lonely feeling. Like, yeah. It's like the stuff they didn't say. You can kind of feel it out. Yeah. Oh, totally. There's that. All communication is nonverbal. That's what they say. All communication <laughs> is nonverbal. All communication. 
Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the movies, the music, and the entertainment made for and made by sometimes Christians. But we're not here to make fun of you or your beliefs. We're not here to make you go to church either. We don't want anyone to go to church right now. We want you to stay at home. Have a home church. Have a home church with you, yourself, and you. Those are the three congregants. Uh, uh, light yeah. some candles and pray to whatever you want to pray to. Pray to your golden gods of Netflix and Hulu and HBO Max. Yeah. Nothing to add. Okay, great. Cool. I agree. <laughs> Caroline Concur. Zoom church. TV church. TV it, church? It's all happening in 2020, but uh, we're here today to talk about a single song that maybe some of you have sang in church before in another lifetime. I, I haven't sang this particular song in church in, in quite a bit. Uh, I wasn't singing it before uh, current circumstances either, but it's a song called Creating Me a Clean Heart by Keith Green. And, Keith Green, uh, and, which we covered before. Yeah. Uh, and we're coming back to the, the greener pasture. Did you remember him at all? <laughs> Yes, but I did look up his Wikipedia again today because I was like, something bad happened to him, and yeah. then I remembered. He buddy yeah. hollied out, unfortunately, said. Oh. Yeah, wait, <laughs> should I not use that as a verb? Is that flipping? Yeah, say kennedy <laughs> Should I say he did a reverse solely? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Say kennedy Oh, gosh. Well, we need to be saved, so let's uh, introduce a guest to save us from ourselves. Friends and folks, he is a podcast extraordinaire. You may know him from his podcast, The Black Tapes or The Big Loop. Everybody, give it the hell up for Paul Bay! (laughs) Woo! Paul is Bay, and he's on our podcast today. Finally. Hello, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, Lord, buddy. Paul, you are cleared for a safe landing. I have landed. In between the lines, waving me in. I've made the turn. Everyone unbuckle and turn on your cell phones, please. (laughs) Oh, there's a man who's landed a pod plane before. (laughs) And he is cleared for approach. Thanks for coming on the show, friend. Oh, thanks for having me, especially during this time right now. I, I, I think people need to hear a joyful podcast during these these days i i think I, be good i certainly hope so we hope to to multiply your joy until um we are unbelievably bummed out in about 40 days <laughs> and can't do a good show anymore <laughs> <laughs> i'm looking forward to this year's christmas special from you too where it gets oh progressively boy. depressed as we as we near the <laughs> jesus's birthday i guess we'll talk sort about of- the fourth amy grant christmas i can't do this <laughs> i can't do this caroline <laughs> Caroline's marriage starts to crumble. Like, uh, what is the meaning of Christmas, let alone anything right now? You know, like, what, what is that? No, the thing, the thing that keeps me going is memories of 2016 podcasting and memories oh, yeah. I have of my hubris and pride during those. The optimism. The optimism. The excitement. And I will not make an optimistic mistake ever again. <laughs> I promise you that. If you never make a guess, you're never wrong. And that's gambling. Paul, thank you so much for joining us on the show, buddy. Thanks what a for fun time. Me. It's been a while. It's been a long time. We haven't seen each other for a few years, but one of the things I remember so much of the first time we met is uh some a part of your your backstory, uh, which is not just anyone's sort of uh casual brush with religion, but the the, the fact that you were for a time yourself a youth pastor. 
Yes. Uh, in 1990, I think 92, 93, 94, mm-hmm. uh, I went to great Regent College. To Those are great years. Oh, Early 90s. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was, I, was, I was totally into it. First term Clinton era of youth pastor. I mean, what could go wrong? Well, oh how'd you, how, before we get to that, how'd you grow up with religion when you were a kid? What, what was your background? Like 85% of Korean Americans, even though I'm in Canada, it's the same demographic, uh, mm-hmm. same stats. Oh, I grew up in the uh, uh, Protestant church, uh, a Korean Protestant church, which means our parents would take us to church and there'd always be two buildings. Uh, there'd be the one for adults because it's all in Korean. And then the rest of us, even if you were like over 20, but you didn't speak Korean, you were sent to the kids' church. Hmm. Oh. So there was a demarcation. <laughs> it, was always, it was always really funny watch, when I was in uh, elementary school, seeing these like 21-year-olds that d- didn't speak Korean in our kids' church. That is and they'd have, very funny. And they'd have to do the same games and all this kind of stuff. That None of them turned out well. But um, I see them on the street <laughs> once in a while. I give them money. Humbling. But you know, it's, it's, it's all of us together in that weird... It was such a weird... When I found out my, my white friends went to church and they all went to the same sanctuary and sang the same songs, I, I, my mind was blown. It was, it, was, it was crazy. And that's privilege. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> yeah, that's at work. That's so funny imagining like a, an adult uh, child like crushing the Bible quizzes Father Abraham many sons many sons please don't get competitive that's great okay so it was a part of your your family's culture and your lifeblood from the start and then what led you into vocational ministry from there what was like high school and college like it, it was it was like after my first year of university, I, I guess I went through um, uh, a bad breakup. So that's always the first thing that makes you question yourself. Like you're happy until that first breakup. And so I was 18. And I remember, um, do you guys remember a guy, uh, an evangelist named Tony Campolo? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Tony and so Bart. He spoke, yeah, he spoke at Urbana 88. And uh, my pastor in Vancouver found the tape because he went, bought it, brought it over. And I, I, I found myself breaking down during his big... Uh, talk about you can't be separated from the love of christ and i remember being at that camp and i'm looking around i'm like is no one else is no this is not hitting any of you guys and i just started breaking down and i i couldn't figure out why and all my friends like what the hell's up with paul and so it's like that's the that's the day even though i grew up in the church you probably hear this a lot I, i suddenly understood what it meant yeah and that was when like like that's when that's when i had to have the hard talk with my parents i'm like you know i'm going back to mcgill to study but i'm not going to law school anymore i'm gonna try to find god and they did, they just flipped out. They're like, nah, you'll outgrow this, whatever. And um, I, after my undergrad, I went to Regent College uh, to study uh, theology. That's so funny, the thing about parents who have hesitance of vocational ministry. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, that also raised you religious, where they're like, well, we didn't mean that much. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. It's like, what do you think yeah. was going to happen? You keep sending me these youth conferences. <laughs> yeah, they take me to church all my life. I'm like, mom, dad, you're right. I'm going to follow Jesus. Like, oh, no, 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 don't take it that seriously. <laughs> this is just a hobby. Oh, we're not dedicated, you know? Yeah. We're just, like, here. <laughs> so studying theology at university, what do you feel like? Like, I'm interested even in what feels relevant or salient about the way it shaped how you think even now, if that affects your day-to-day life now. It doesn't, it doesn't really. All the right, only ask thing- an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me on your podcast. That was great. Yeah, that was um, awesome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Um, the, the thing it did, it did uh, instill, like I went through, a, like after I, I left, uh, the, like so I was a youth pastor, I got married to my college sweetheart. She took a hard right into evangelism, um, and we're speaking in tongues. She was part of the whole airport vineyard 
uh, ministry in Toronto. I don't know if you ever what heard of that. that. Yeah, yeah, explain that to us. You should probably Google. It's it was in, it was it was it was a, a global phenomenon in like 1990, I want to say, or around that era. And it was like this huge airport hangar at the Pearson International Airport in Toronto, converted into an evangelical center. And they would have daily worship, and people would fly in around the world to learn how to laugh in the spirit. Ooh. And it's, 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 I think you still find it on YouTube where people laugh like seals. Like they're just overcome oh, with yeah, joy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. This is also uh, known as Catch the Fire World. Is that what is that what it is? Yeah, or maybe they rebranded from Catch yeah. the Fire World yeah. Speak in Tongues. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this was speaking in tongues. This was everything. My <laughs> wife dragged me oh, my oh, my fiance at the time dragged me there because I was having back, back problems and she wanted them to pray over me. Mm. And so I went there and let all these laughing strangers put their hands on my back and it was Gosh. really freaky and so then So intense. Yeah, so I should have probably not married her at that point, but um we we kept it going cuz I thought I made a promise to God. Uh, who am I to judge? We got yeah. married. I became an atheist right after the wedding, like oh pretty boy. much right after, because oh uh, my faith was really teetering. <laughs> like the and night then, of the honeymoon, you became. <laughs> yeah, uh, like, right, like right after, boom. Which <laughs> was her like extra dedication, like an influence on you losing your faith or like causing disillusionment, or was it separate from her? A little bit. I, I think. I think it became to a point where it's. It was like I. I couldn't enjoy the things like you know. Even when I was a Christian, I still enjoyed drinking beer. I listened to my my music. Uh, I loved Soundgarden. Mm -hmm. um, I loved all, all that stuff. And so once we got married, it became a thing of like, well, you really shouldn't drink beer anymore. Um, not even one. You, sh you probably shouldn't listen to what she called devil music. Uh, she called Soundgarden devil music and would turn it off whenever I turned it on when I thought I was home alone. So those little little things uh, would pot will stack up. And I was like, maybe we probably you probably married the wrong person or I probably married the wrong. Well, we both came to this realization. This is probably not going to work out unless yeah. I get my faith back. So she she politely asked me to leave the house and then you know find my she faith. was polite That's <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might want to leave i can't be yoked with you yoked, you don't mind that word? <laughs> please pack your fucking bags <laughs> yeah. maybe it was more well, like she that wouldn't but, say uh, that though. no 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 <laughs> no and i left and then I, I i i the faith didn't come back it just it just uh it just left and so um i went through a, a long period where i was very angry towards christians which made it very hard on my christian friends to hang out with me and then in, after I came out of that dark period and I became more of a um, atheist slash agnostic, like, like I don't really like thinking about that stuff anymore. I'm just very happy with where I am. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I'm not going to answer these questions uh, and I'll never figure it out. So I might as well just experience joy. It's the community part of church that hit me again. And, and, and the, um, the, what I'm finding out, the older I get every year, I'm finding out uh, the Sermon on the Mount is something I still follow. Like I'm still very passionate about taking care of my neighbors, making sure there's no one in my community who's in, who's in want or need, like that stuff. And I'm finding, well, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm getting that from my church days. Like it's not coming mm -hmm. from me. Like I'm, mm -hmm. it's something that's stuck in me. And uh, so that's the part, uh, 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 in answer to your question, Kevin, if I kept anything from those theology days, mm -hmm. uh, that's the thing that's still in me. And I'm finding, I'm finding I like to go to that well quite a lot because it brings me a lot of joy. The well of particularly of that Sermon on the Mount stuff or just kind of what that represents? What's that represents, but I, I do kind of, I do imagine, like, I find myself going, what would Jesus do? And I used to hate those bracelets in the 90s when people used to wear them. And I find myself, whenever I encounter situations, sometimes I go, what would Jesus do at this situation? Because it's mm -hmm. always something that I find, I guess it might be out of habit from doing it for so long, but I'm finding it always brings joy whenever I do that. Um, and I'm hoping I won't have to think like that anymore. We'll just be, what would I do? Uh, but I don't think I'm good enough to ever get to that point. So I need that model 
uh, mm. to, to sort of fall if that makes any sense at all from that an atheist. That fully makes sense, yes. And, and of course you would appeal to something outside of yourself even as even if it's just an exercise of humility and not thinking, mm-hmm. well, basically, I clearly know exactly <laughs> what to do <laughs> and whatever the situation calls for. So I think that totally yeah. makes sense, yeah. Yeah, and it's like a little shorthand mantra maybe too or a belief, but just the reminder to like step outside your comfort and your own like needs or whatever for the moment. And Because I imagine it's rarely like, what would Jesus do? continue doing exactly what I'm doing you know like for you it's probably just like your mental trick also to like remind yourself to yeah like practice your values even when it's like a little harder yeah yeah and it's usually for the harder situations like you know like my wife and I were driving when the quarantine started um we're talking about I'm like man I feel really bad for these guys at the street corners like how are they I bet you they're getting no money at all and just as I said that we turned a corner and we saw a guy on the street with a dog and I'm like and my wife's looking at me like we probably should have stopped like I bet she's He's getting nobody because of the, the, the threat of the uh, mm. virus going around. I'm like, you know, Neil, he'll figure it out. And then I got a little farther. <laughs> I went one light. And at that, what would Jesus do thing came up? And I look at my wife in combination with that. I'm like, ah, oh, fuck. And I just turned on a U-turn, <laughs> went back. I had to go out, wave him down. I'm like, stop, stay there. I'm putting this in a bag on a rock. <laughs> I'm going to walk. This, this is at the beginning. Like at Mar- you remember uh, end of February, uh, beginning of March, like when it all yeah. started, we didn't know what it was. And I'm like, yeah. okay, I'm going to walk away. But you make sure you get this bag. Don't, make sure no one else grabs this bag. Yeah. <laughs> and then He's I like, ran away. It's fine. Like, chill. You know, like I, it's clearly you need this. This may be more than I, so we yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, I'm sure Jesus would do that as I drove away. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he'd be driving this car too. Yeah, and, he, <laughs> and you know sure what? Actually, Jesus would go probably like five miles above the speed limit right now, not ten, yeah. but yeah, yeah. five's okay. Yeah, yeah. Or in the good news version of the Bible, say, yeah. he can't drive 55. Is, uh, <laughs> I, I very much relate to that too. I, I feel like when I was younger too, and think a lot of those. Usually, it was like me thinking that I needed to go witness to someone like in an uncomfortable, like not the right time to do it at a Home Depot, like with my dad, you know, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, that's yeah, when yeah. I was like, Jesus is calling me now, you know, like this yeah. is what, this is the time. Um, Although so good fruit can happen I'm... there at Home Depot. Trust me. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's, it's a, uh, where, what's their mantra, <laughs> their phrase, like where homes are built or something. No, their home. phrase, that that their, their, their tagline is when you're home, you're depot. <laughs> 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 almost got a Coke Zero spit take. I know, I was trying to time it that way. Close. <laughs> um, I also like the idea that you mentioned, Paul, of WWJD as sort of a gateway into your, uh, like creating your own virtue and character internally. For some reason, it triggered in me uh, this memory of looking at a, <laughs> a friend of mine reposted a link to this book that is literally called You're Not Enough Escaping the Toxic Culture of Self-Love. <laughs> and it's a, it's like a Christian Catholic self-help book. It's by Allie Beth Stuckey. And it is, and it's, it is probably what you think it is as far as yeah, that stuff so goes. Funny. And I think WWJD in the past and how we all probably like associate with it and grew up with it is like, think about what Jesus would do, but, Keep thinking about it because you're never going to know. Like it's never going <laughs> to yeah. become internalized in yeah. any meaningful way. Um, well, because you're selfish, like to your core forever and you don't make good decisions. <laughs> like I, I feel like that was the implied 
Reese in there. Yeah. I never make good decisions on like I rarely make these good. Like I always have to remind like I, I need to call upon something else. Like what would my wife do? I do that a lot. Like what would she do in this situation? <laughs> or what would I, I used to have this friend? Well, I still do. My buddy Jason, he's the most patient man I know. And whenever I'm feeling aggression towards strangers when they're in my face or something or, you know, that someone's really rude to me, I'm like, what would he do right now? Right. Which would usually Paul, be walk away. Who thought that thought? Jesus. You did. I thought that thought. Sorry. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> like, even when no. you said that, I thought, how would, I thought, how would Jesus answer? <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm trying to uh, find a root of uh, encouragement for this in you, for you too. <laughs> of like, you know, these things you're attributing to everybody else's character, but it's your character that is prompting yourself to like be better. And that's, you know, that's good. That's still coming from you. Yeah. I'm like Mjolnir, like Thor's hammer, summoning these more powerful things yes. into my... Wait, wait, I'm the one... I can't carry myself. No, oh, this metaphor is perfect. Caroline, help him out as a Marvel You're fan. You're Thor. The hammer is your friend's best characteristics. And yes. I'm Wanda. <laughs> and I am not freaking Wanda. Waving on, at the, on the corners and like, good job. <laughs> nice save for me. Thank you. You're welcome. I want to boomerang back to your time as a youth pastor and talk about that a little. A Clintonary youth mm-hmm. pastor. I'm obsessed with that being the time marker for some reason. The Clintons. But uh, what led to that? What were some of the challenges, the experiences, the memories of youth pastoring? Um, I think I was always, uh, the church just asked me, they, they found out I was going to go to Regent to study and I told them about my conversion and they were totally shocked and they were delighted. And then they said, I guess they had a meeting and then they called me while I was in Montreal and said, you know, right after graduation, come here, we'll pay for your schooling and we'll give you a, a monthly stipend. We'll pay you to be a youth Dang. pastor. And then oh you'll we'll give, give sermons every Sunday to the high school, college group, make up a curriculum for them, lead the Bible study leaders and telling them what the curriculum is. So it makes sense that I would later on become a high school teacher because when I was you know, 21, I'm learning how to do this stuff. Um, so I came back, I did it. Um, and it was it was fun. It was it was it was like I tried to give the sermons that I wanted to hear, that I thought I wanted. Like you know, never over twenty minutes. Kids kids can't pay attention over twenty minutes. Keep it short. Caroline can't um, pay attention over twenty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> mm, uh, Fifteen, ten. Probably. Yeah, I kept, I, I kept them Four really TikToks. short. I, I, it's I, it's uh, it. I think, and then I, we didn't have a praise group. And I remember uh, hearing from other friends, like, you know, the praise was the big thing now in the early 90s. Like, everyone had drums and guitars, and these churches were doing these types of things. So I would visit some, and no one knew how to play an instrument in our church, which is weird, a church full of Koreans, and no one played a piano. And I'm like, this is fucked up. What kind of Koreans are we? So we, I've, I learned how to play guitar. Um, My goodness. So, like, over Christmas break. And I thought, I just need four chords. If I learned the four chords, I could just play really loud and then there, there's our praise thing. And it worked. Uh, it, it, uh, it seemed to work out. It's, it's, uh, so I was praise leading. I was giving sermons. I felt this like a woman. so much work while you were, you were in you were running college the as a 20-year-old. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it was like... <laughs> like was, 17 uh, new skills to learn like in a second. It, it, was, it was fun though because, you know, the, the, the college group, a lot of them were like my friends. So it was weird. Like, you know, we'd be, we, you know, we used to party together and that kind of stuff. Then all of a sudden, I'm the guy giving the sermons to my friends, my wow. former roommates. Oh, I didn't and realize. I thought you were teaching high school. You were also doing your college age. Like, I was doing the college group. age group too. Yeah, oh my, uh, my my peers, and it was really weird. But they'd all been with me and been through my journey with me, so they were really into it. Seeing this change in me, they, it was mm-hmm. one of those things where, like, well, if Paul can do this, <laughs> it's like, like he took the. If I can make it, all of you. It was obvious everyone else can be a Christian. Yeah, yeah uh, it was one like of those things, right? Influencer in that in that circle a bit. Yeah, and not just that. Just the, if, if this if this high school party guy can become this, 
you know, <laughs> all of us can, right? Like if yeah. Paul could suddenly turn this around. Um, <laughs> not, not that it was easy, but it's the hardest part was uh, when we had to do outreach and to do things like, you know, uh, we had a homeless outreach mm-hmm. of, with a smaller group. And I'm like, oh, that's when it really hit. I'm like, who the hell am I? To, I feel so unequipped and there was no one else to show me how to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's, that was the, probably the toughest thing of the whole experience. Yeah. Do you look back at all at the church leadership and are like, what were y'all doing there? <laughs> like yeah, setting yeah. this kid, like I just had this big conversion, like yeah. you're so fresh to it, you know, and like excited yeah. and you probably feel like called by God into this role and just like no, no background check, you know, like no help, <laughs> no yeah, like yeah. proof of like your ability to do this like kind of important job, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was actually, it, yeah, I, I sometimes think back and think that it was sort of irresponsible to them to put so much power in my hands. <laughs> Not that you weren't good. I'm sure you were <laughs> great, but it's just like, that's, that'd be too much for like a 40 year old, you know? Like, yeah, no, I, I, I was, I wasn't hard. that great. I was entertaining. <laughs> I don't know how effective I was, but I entertained the kids. I would, I would have like a, once a month, I'd have something like a, the Christian version of an SNL. Like, yeah, I'd invite other churches to come over. Go We'd do on, sketches. Paul. <laughs> <laughs> we did musical productions. Uh, that's when I learned how to write music. And I'm like, okay, we, let's get... And we, we packed these churches because it, oh it became super popular. I'd get all the high school kids like, invite a friend. Everyone has to bring a friend. <sighs> Trust me, I won't embarrass you. I'm not your uncle. I won't do that. They're going to think it's cool. And it worked. It was, it was cool for a while. Musical um, guest King David. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we did a thing on uh, like a satire, a parody of Cinderella, but it was Sumerella and all these sumo actors, like my friends, they would walk around and, and, you know, do, anyways, it was, it's a, it's, it was funny. But the did time. the sumo wrestlers come to Christ at the end of that sketch? They did. They did. There the, there was a skinny sumo that they were never invited to the to the competition, and you'd always have to wipe the other sumo's butts. Like it was one of those things. Oh, and you know, these yeah. high school kids were like, "Oh, wiping butts. That's funny, dude." Like they they love that shit. Not yeah, wrong, but then yeah. they were thinking about that later. You know, yeah, like, I think wow, so. Yeah, that was real wrong about all the butts. <laughs> what is the butt I need to wipe in my life? <laughs> Did I give That's you the script, so Kevin? Crazy. Yeah, no. I, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. <laughs> oh, gracious. Okay, I'm, but I mean, the thing is with youth pastor stuff, half of it is entertainment. You are yeah. a cruise ship director in a sense. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like pick the charismatic, like younger guy, and it'll probably like be pretty good. You'll get pretty good attendance. You know, like yeah. the kids want to be your friend and stuff like that, and. Uh, you know, if you're you're comfortable at a mic, like it's gonna be, you got the job. Yeah, it's it's it, it's and it, but it, and it ended on a but it ended on a bad note because um what ended up happening like a lot of Korean churches at the time uh there's political strife among the adult congregation. It's oh. funny I call it the adult even though I was an adult. The older <laughs> Korean speaking congregation that brought in the money. Um, I didn't know there was a separate faction. Uh, that was almost cultish. That was going on. So the education leader she sent me to California to learn this this uh, leadership program or something. And I went down and it was a cult. And I had to escape uh, 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 quite dramatically on day three or four of, of it. It was, it was in LA. It was just outside of LA. They, they, they sent me down. I didn't know anyone was going. Uh, I met these other Canadians on the, on the, in the van on the way down. They made us switch vans three times from LAX to wherever we were going. It was really what? shady. Um, they, we came out, they sang the song called De Colores and they're all saying, we love you. We love you. They put lays over our head. It was really weird. 
this extra outpouring of love. And you know, I'm, I'm, I was like, what, 21, 22 at the time. And I was very, I just came from a fraternity where we did that kind of stuff to, to screw with people's heads. Mm-hmm. And to see Christians doing it, covering the windows, taking our watches, I'm like, this is really shady. What? Yeah, and there were hundreds, hundreds of Korean undergrads there. Uh, and people like me, like just just graduated, going to Bible college, youth youth leaders at their respective churches. And they're all, all these guys were like smart, charismatic. And then they had, it was, it was really weird. It, it was, it was very culty. I'd get back. I remember the first day we went back to our dorms, which was locked. So they would have, we'd have to wait for them to unlock it. We'd go in. Someone had unpacked all my bags, folded my underwear, left what notes for me all over my room. Like, we love you, Paul. Gave me a Galatians verse. I don't remember which one it was. Um, they'd put my toothpaste, my toothbrush in the holder. Like they, they went through all my stuff, folded it, put it in the drawers so that they said so that I wouldn't have to waste time on it. And they want to show that they were serving me. But it, I was like, this is really scary. Probably um, looking for like stuff too. Like if yeah, anybody yeah. brought something like, you know, quote unquote wrong. But also like that, the the multiple boundaries crossed like in yeah, your yeah. first hour there is so crazy. Oh my yeah. God. On the second day, I remember in the bre- at breakfast, they said we're going to go to a Bible study. So I remember taking my Bible because they said something in the, the pastor said something the first day that, that I'm like, wait, I swear to God, he misquoted that. So I grab my Bible and they go, oh, 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 you don't have to bring your Bible. We told you that. I'm like, yeah, I want to bring it anyways. They go, no, no, you, you don't have to bring it. I'm like, well, I insist. They go, well, we'd rather you didn't. And it became one of those really what? weird things. And they had to take me to a side office and talk to me like, listen, you're, you're Canadian. Uh, in America, you probably don't know. We just sort of go with the flow. And I remember being very offended by that because I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not true. These guys are really, yeah, yeah, that's, that's just a, I'm just being careful. You guys, I'm like, I don't, what, what the hell's going on here? Um, anyways, all these, every, even when I went, want to go to the bathroom, they had to send these muscular Korean dudes with me and they'd stand behind me while I'm at the urinal. Just to, I don't know what they were thinking I was going to do. I think I was, I was on the radar already as the oh troublemaking gosh. Canadian. Um, they started talking about literal demons. Uh, attacking us and we they anointed some prayer warriors so at night we well had to that's go for- just smart honestly yeah, 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 exactly right makes a lot of sense yeah i'm no prayer warrior right i'm still a squire uh <laughs> yeah, so i'm i'm there <laughs> we're listening to the sermons we have to go to the we have to go to the um this planetarium type, type of gathering it was at night and they said the demons are going to be attacking us because god the uh, satan knows what's happening here we're, we're a force to be reckoned with so they go, stay within the prayer warrior bounds. And I had no clue what that was. We get outside and there's these, there's like a human corridor with their flashlights over us very dramatically. Cool. Uh, and, and praying literally to keep the, I guess, demons out from uh, the, right. the causeway. They're as we're walking. lights. Exactly. Yeah. I've yeah. seen Lovecraft Country. This is the same oh, process. It's the same premise, right? Duracell's <laughs> Energizer, doesn't matter. Exactly. Right? It's a light from a flashlight. Um... Ephesians 2-4, right? Okay, I bet Double visually, A's. though, that was really cool, and I wish I had done that at my wedding. <laughs> what, scared like demons off with flashlights? Yeah, but then also, like, the entrance into the reception. It know? was pretty cool looking. It was it was, it was pretty, like, with, with the with the beams and everything. I don't yeah. know what those flashlights were, but yeah, uh, it was really cool. Um, <laughs> anyway, that it, is it's, so crazy. Yeah, Did you get crazy. to talk to any of the other attendees and be like, yeah, this is weird? Yeah, they were... They were you know, they were normal people. And I'm like, no, this is not weird. I'm like, you guys don't find it weird that he misquoted. I think it was, ah, so he misquoted something. Do you know the whole Bible? I'm like, no, I guess not. And then mm-hmm. it was actually at one thing where they're speaking in tongues and it got really weird. I remember looking up uh, when I was supposed to be praying, like, is anyone else find it's weird? And it was the other Canadians. And so I sort of said, let's, let's, I sort of made a head motion and we sort of like inch towards each other. I'm like, this is, this is really weird, right? They're like, yeah, this, this is freaking me out. And we started sharing. I go, let's, let's meet at the cafeteria later on. We got caught. 
because um, we're trying to compare notes and they didn't want us doing that. Um, then over the next two days, we compared notes and we like figured out, okay, we, we, we probably need to leave, right? This is, this is yeah. amping up really quick. Um, it, it probably may not be dangerous, but it's just very uncomfortable. So we snuck back to the thing, uh, three guys, one girl. Uh, we weren't friends, but we were know each other enough that, that we weren't sucked into that. We couldn't get back in because they changed a combo twice a day. And uh, the, the young woman we were with, she just goes to the front and do, 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 and she'll, like this quiet Korean girl who didn't Did contribute anything it? up to this time. She just, she watches everything, like really smart, like a spy. Amazing. And she goes, do, 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 and she goes, we're in. And so we go in, we <gasps> wow. grab our stuff. We, we were like, hurry up, meet back here in like three minutes. And we just ran, grabbed our stuff. Uh, we ran towards, I remember the edge of campus. There was a wall. We helped her up. We all jump over. You now there's a, a wall? We jumped a wall. Well, it's just a campus wall. And we it wasn't like super tall, maybe six Ew. feet. Uh, we, we go over. Remember, it's late nighttime. We don't have flashlights. We ran through a field. And I don't know how long we ran for, but we were, there were lights in the distance. We could tell it was a highway gas station. And we get there. And it's one of those things where the um, a huge gas station, but the, but the gas station part is small with three pumps. And, a, and on the far end of the par- empty parking lot is the phone booth. So it's one of those things, right? With a light underneath. And you, I still remember what it looked like. We get to the phone booth. I call my one cousin in LA and in Orange County. And I go, hey, it's Paul. I go, I'm in LA. She goes, oh my God, what are you doing here? I'm like, I escaped a cult. Can you come get me? And she's like, where are you? I'm like, oh, hold on one second. Because I met, so I had to run all the way back to the gas station. Uh, ask the guy, where are we? And he goes, you're da da da. And I went back to the thing, I'm here. She goes, oh my God, you're two hours away from Orange County. So I guess I was- Where had um, they taken you? Uh, what is it? Northwest, no, sorry, Northeast of um, uh, Hollywood. Like, so I guess like two hours Northeast of Hollywood. I have oh, no, there's a college there. Probably in like Pomona area or something Yeah, like something that? like that, yeah. yeah. North of okay. Hollywood is not Pomona. No, it's he's not, saying Northeast and yeah, like- like more East. Hours away. Oh, <laughs> oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That um, is great. That's so cinematic. Yeah, it was crazy. And then she came and got us. And we had to explain, go, hi, this is Dennis. This is John. This is Gian. Uh We escaped from a cult. We had to, to tell her the whole story. Uh, and Operation Maple Leaf was a success. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, my gosh. Uh, they totally took something out of your suitcase and, like, have kept it for DNA. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And it, it, was, it was so awkward when I came back to Canada to church. Uh, because the woman who sent me, I was so upset. I'm like, yeah. and that's when I found out there was huge, like the church split up right after that. that uh, when they found out what happened to me, because um, they told her, don't bring that into our church. And then a, a small little <laughs> breakaway group led by her did that. Uh, so they, they objected. They're like, no, wow. we should bring this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it that was great. Shocking. But it's a great story. I remember thinking at the time, this is going to be. So much fun to tell my buddies. Amazing <laughs> story. Like I want to watch that as a show. Like I want to see that happen. It's just so wild. Every every element of that, like the changing of the vans, even at the beginning. Yeah. And like the creeping, weary, weird stuff. You know, like yeah, yeah. slightly, slightly worse. You know what's funny? Because I remember uh, on day two or three, they sent in what's what we call the the psychologist, this Korean guy who had a psych my, uh, psych major in undergrad. They sent him in to talk to us. <laughs> And I remember he had the uh, early Elon Musk hair before the plugs, you know, like the, the baby elephant hair up oh, the yeah. top. I remember him because yeah, yeah. he's he's 21 <laughs> and he looked really odd to me at the time because I'm like, you look 50, dude. And yeah. so he's coming up and he goes, I'm a psychology major. They sent me here. What's the problem? I'm like, it's just, I don't know. It's just, and he goes, I'm a psych. He kept saying, I'm a psychology major. This is normal. I'm like, it's, and so it became a back and forth. Years later, I ran into him in Vancouver. Like he, I guess he what? got hired to lead a church. 
And I, I remember visiting a friend there and I'm like, hey. So I remember going up to him like, do you remember me? And he goes, oh and he said, his eyes just went down. He goes, yes. I go, yeah, it was, that was some weird times, eh? And he's like, and I, was, I sort of wanted him to say sorry or something like that. Because apparently he, he doesn't even do that stuff anymore. Like he's just a he mainstream. No, apparently he's a mainstream evangelical. He quit the psychology yeah, yeah, yeah. cop force that he was a yeah. part of. To go <laughs> you know what the crazy part Strays. was? His, his hair was exactly the same. Like he didn't lose any more hair. Like it stayed in that in that phase. He's of, a survivor. Of like, he's That's a right. <laughs> he's committed to Those the look and it worked. Wow. Yeah. And so he looks weirdly ageless now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's gracious. So crazy. Yeah, cult wow. stuff is always so the thing the the beliefs that are strong enough to motivate this much nonsensical behavior are so fascinating to me to justify van exchanges and going through other people's shit and and, and yeah, yeah therapist cops it's incredible <laughs> I, it, I must i must have a my wife says i must have a face that cult people like because i also got tried my friends tried to you know i'm in vancouver a lot of actors i'm not gonna I was, i'm without trying to say who it was a bunch of people tried to recruit me into Nexium, that sex cult. That's oh by, my God. Uh, by Keith Raniere. That's the vow. Oh. It's the HBO thing, yes. right? Get yes. your volleyball shorts on. You're going to Nexium. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to Nexium. <laughs> I'm like, I'm flattered. Doctrine. I'm flattered. Thank you so much. Incredible. <laughs> yeah, I was literally about to make a Nexium joke, and you were legitimately <laughs> tried to. Legitimately. I mean, Canada was a big source yeah, for yeah. for that particular no organization. Idea. Oh, I'm not gonna say who, but in that in that documentary, I know so many of those people because the acting community is quite small here uh, in Vancouver, yeah. Hollywood North. So it's it's weird watching because all my friends are like, dude, you got to watch this. So and so's, and I'm like, what? And so I'm watching this thing. I'm like. What the hell? I'm like, those are the guys that tried you to recruit. You met those people. Oh, wow. my God. Oh, I know them. Like, they tried to recruit me. And they, I remember at the time when they told me about it uh, and they called it Executive Success Program. I'm like, this sounds cultish. And they go, you think everything's a cult ever since your little weird little California experience. <laughs> I'm like, no, no, this sounds like a real cult. And I remember the arguments we had and like, whatever. But well, it, it was... they heard about your skills in SNL production and they <laughs> thought that would be an important element to bring into the cult. I want to you know, like... be a featured player at church at South Korean X <laughs> SNL church. <laughs> I must have that face. This guy, I bet you this guy would love our cult. I don't I think it's a face. I think, you, I think it probably is like the charisma. They're like, yeah, this guy was a, a part of this group. Like, he would be such a powerful like draw for people you know that like yeah, get this guy be with a us part of it yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah you could weaponize like what you're unfortunately using for you're good too smart now. yes you, you could weaponize for evil if you wanted to but thankfully you don't yeah or or allow myself to be recruited and deprogram everybody while in there yeah there i have a strong okay. anti-cult resistance right I, I, my, my eyes don't glaze over like i'm 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 i can stay i can stay strong while in yeah. there yeah, I feel like the thing that maybe helped you, like, if you'd maybe been a little bit lonelier, you know, or a yeah, little bit yeah. less connected to your family or yeah. your like friends or something like that. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing with cults or with anything like that. Like, we all think it's just a matter of being smart or not, but it's really just like it's just finding a family connectedness sort of thing. You know, it's such a mixture of fact. It is nothing to do yeah. with who's smart or not. It, yeah, it's, yeah. it's even like multi-level marketing and all that stuff. I'm a dummy. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, no, it's we're a mixture all of like stupid. vulnerability, the place you are in your life, and having a super totally. low IQ. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin. <Almost. laughs> 
<laughs> well, uh, to 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 wrap up this particular section, Paul, do you identify as an atheist now? How how would you describe your belief system? I, I do. If, if when I do have to define myself, I say atheist because uh, uh, it's just I don't believe in anything until it's it's uh, presented to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope for more. I hope I'm wrong. Is what I'm. Mm. Uh, what a I'm, hopeful what I'm atheist. I, I like that yeah. perspective. Yeah. See, a latitude for optimism, which is something. A lot. What did I say before we started recording? <laughs> I, think, I think that was it. A latitude for surprise. A latitude for surprise. Twenty twenty call to action. <laughs> yeah, or it's like I think it's gonna be this, but I'm gonna leave a little bit of wiggle room to see if I'm wrong. Well, Paul, thanks for sh- uh, sharing your story, man. It was really great to hear and yes, the, the unexpected adventure that it became too. <laughs> for real, yeah. Uh, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time for another edition of Singles Ministry. Hey. Okay. Every single on the floor. What's that? I have a challenge for you. What's that? I think you can do better than that audio drop. Okay, great challenge. <laughs> I think you can. I know you have it in you. I know that there's a parody somewhere. There's even a, a brand new song. Like I just, I want to push you toward it because okay. I feel like we're going to use it a lot, whatever it is. And I, I want that. I understand what you're saying. I hear what you're saying, Caroline. <laughs> Do you remember last time you challenged me to spice up a drop? What happened on this show? I sure did. And... Maybe it worked exactly as I thought it would. <gasps> oh, I'm being manipulated. Oh, I man. love strangers hearing these <laughs> shout obscenities. I think it's cool and a great way to meet somebody. <laughs> it's an icebreaker, as we so often used to do in Bible study. Um, Paul, we talked a little bit before recording about, uh, you know, a couple of weeks ago about some of your experience with Christian music. You had a different experience than a lot of us did or a lot of our, our listeners did in terms of CCM. But what was your experience or history with Christian music. Oh, thank you for, for explaining it that way. That was the most polite way of calling me old um, that I've heard. It's like, <laughs> I truly wasn't calling you old. I know, but when you were talking, I'm like, I, I go so far back. It's it's like, uh, we're, we're talking like early 80s. So um, my stuff was more uh, like, like DC Talk. I was already, I already aged out of DC Talk mm-hmm. when DC Talk hit. Uh, so I was Keith Green. I was all those guys. I was uh, early Michael W. Smith. Uh, I, I was never a Michael W. Smith guy, by the way. Uh, I was more. I was all into the Keith Green, 
post hippie phase. Yeah. Type yeah. Of Shouts out right? to Michael okay. W. Smith uh, this week, by the way, in particular. <laughs> I don't know if you got, you both, uh, maybe not Caroline, have seen uh, the. Mm, national prayer rally that he was singing worship songs at at the mall uh, in Washington D.C. at um, hundreds of thousand, what looked like hundreds of thousand massless uh, Christians praying for our nation in an election year, and cut to Amy Grant scrolling at her phone. And <laughs> we're like, oh, delete baby. contact. <laughs> no, I, I want to just like give him a new hobby. You know, I just feel like he's not busy enough to keep him from making these bad choices. MWS <laughs> lately, yes. It's not what you want to see. There was a yeah, there was a, a good round of Twitter jokes about. <laughs> Apparently, his place in this world is the sunken place. Things like that. <laughs> uh, it's not great. It's not great. But okay. Uh, were you into Stephen Curtis Chapman at all, or was yes, that I was for for a late. little bit. Amy Grant was now that you mentioned Amy Grant was my big thing, uh, uh, as well. Um, Good man. That that might have all been in for for like a little maybe like maybe four months. I was into Jars of Clay because I really yeah. wanted a rock group, a Christian rock group. Thing. And Jars of Clay, you know, musically, they're they're fantastic. And then I just said, oh, no, I can't, I can't do this. I'm just gonna listen to music for music. <laughs> I just, I just, I tried though. <laughs> the siren call of rock music came yeah, to yeah. you and brought you back to what was it? So- Soundwall. Soundgarden, Caroline. Soundgarden. Soundwall. Soundwall. I think I was thinking of Wall of Sound. <laughs> it, incredible stuff. Or you're thinking that of Wonderwall? I don't know. <laughs> Have you guys heard of Nirvani? Nirvani oh, is like Nirvani. I love Nirvani. I love running this pop culture podcast. I'm good at it and I like it. I love music. I always have, always will. So you you learned guitar specifically to lead worship. What were kind of this is the song we're talking about today was one of the standards. What else was in the uh, songbook oh, for greatest? Uh, As the deer mm-hmm. uh, was a big one. Shine Jesus Shine was my big closer. <laughs> I would get people Send to stand up and, and clap, and I would throw the best dancer, the tambourine. I'm like, this is your turn, buddy. Like, you've been anointed. <laughs> would he go ham? Is he like he Jason go- Sudeikis and what up with oh, that? Where he's just oh, like yeah, doing yeah, the yeah, yeah. in the background. Oh, yeah. It's it's like we're talking bruises on hips from doing the old Josie and the Pussycats <laughs> thing. So awesome. right? uh, it was it was, it was all out. I'd get people involved. Um, uh, I had to remove mariachis from one guy. I'm like, I'm never doing this again because it was like, like you need to have really good. That's hard. It sounds like an easy instrument. To oh, play. the maracas. It's, sorry, maracas. What did yes. I say? Mariachis. Mariachis. Maracas. Maracas. <laughs> <laughs> mariachi <laughs> band. In a fit Guys, of... I'm sorry. I, it was the wrong choice. <laughs> what a vote of confidence, and then abject mark of failure. <laughs> to be yeah, yeah. I'm taking that back. <laughs> I burned them because of you. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, it takes a lot of biceps, right? To like keep that yeah. going the whole yeah. time. Yeah, and then to stop it all of a sudden, it's Kevin it's would be difficult. good at it. Maracas? Yeah. I have maracas. Just that motion, you know? Bah, 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 okay, bah, Caroline. Bah. Caroline. <laughs> <laughs> is this our video clip for this week? No, please don't. How dare you? All right, gift makers, start your no, engines. My family's online. <laughs> Disgusto. Okay, so so that was all a part. So shine, Jesus, shine. That yeah, this is interesting though because this is a generation before what we think of as like contemporary praise and worship. So this is before Hillsong. This is before <laughs> maybe just like a little bit before Open the Eyes of My Heart, Lord. Yes, yes. Yeah. And, that, and that was all like really, uh, you know, to, to me it was like it was like a. I remember this being a magical time because this was 1980. Sorry, it was 89. 
uh, Christmas time. I was back in Vancouver uh, just for three weeks visiting my friends. And then um, I've been praying to God, like, because you know, I started a youth group in Montreal when I, after I converted. And we had like maybe 10 people in there. Yeah. And when we sang, there was no instruments. And so I remember, th I remember praying to God. I'm like, you know, please give someone in my group an instrument. Like, teach one of us to play. And then I went to uh, this restaurant called Night and Day in Burnaby and with my best friends there. And we all sat down and my friend Elliot, who I've known forever, he goes, dude, I need, I need to make some money. I got to sell my guitar. And I'm like, I'll buy it off you right now. And so he got the guitar that night, uh, flew to Montreal the next day. And I learned to play, I had three weeks to play, learn to play like three chords, which is easy. Like it's, it's an easy thing to learn. And then so that, that year I felt like it was magical. I had that praise book. I did Shine Jesus Shine, uh, all of Keith Green's songs. Uh, a few Amy Grant songs, which I don't remember, but As the Deer was the, was the one that really seemed to get the, the group going, just because it was so melodically beautiful. As the Deer was the barn burner? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. And because um, some of the guys like to go with that falsetto, like, you alone, I can't sing it, but they, they really- You alone, I'm yes. straight my shield. To oh, you, like, oh Lord, may my spirit yield. I got chills when you sang that. I just, that's, it's fantastic. <laughs> That's exactly it. Oh, wow. man, memories. Oh, I haven't heard that in ages. Yeah, I, I think I think um, for for whatever reason too, I remember snippets of these songs from infomercials as well. <laughs> like not even necessarily listening to them in church, but watching like ABC Family. Yeah, like yeah. but like uh, fifty mm. worship classics on two compact that like that those those commercials. Act at now time. we'll throw in this bald eagle snow globe as well, <laughs> <laughs> holding a Bible. Who's saluting the, a Bible flag <laughs> <laughs> next to a soldier who's crying and they're both oh kneeling my God, at each I other. Need that. <laughs> it's precious moments. Also, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> uh, yes, it is huge eyes, precious moments. Uh, okay, but the the song we picked for today is Creating Me a Clean Heart by Keith Green, who's one of your boys. Uh, we have talked about this artist on the show before. Certain singer-songwritery, almost Elton John adjacent vibes uh, in some of his early stuff, especially the way he used piano, like a freak. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> but very passionate. freak on that piano. <laughs> very connected to the vineyard scene in, in California. Uh is either Vineyard or Calvary Chapel, I forget. Oh, well. Should I research this podcast? You just read the wiki today, Caroline. Which one was it? Vineyard. Okay. <laughs> Don't fact check us. <laughs> okay. Don't so waste your time. Let's, let's listen to a little bit. And it is, you know, it's a brisk 420. <laughs> and, but, you know, the lyrics are repetitive enough that, uh, that we won't need to listen to it in its entirety. So here is a little bit of creating me a clean heart. And if you know this song at home, listener, do the motions along with it. Spirit. 
They change keys, but they go down. <laughs> oh, that was that was yeah, the '80s, kids. That was the '80s. <laughs> to go down. Yeah. <laughs> Let's lower the stakes now. Come on, everybody. Brown. That's where the term "get down" comes from, by the way. <laughs> That's where. Renewal right spirit, come on now. That probably that right there, what Keith Green just did, invented a whole genre of worship leaders being like, I'm gonna say the part of the song before we sing it. I'm gonna say the part of the song. You think song. he invented that? I don't know. I mean, it's in the 70s. Yeah, uh, yeah I, whatever. It's probably. Hey, this is a famously <laughs> researchless podcast. He invented it. Sure. <laughs> Might as well. I forgot that a whole part of his life was that he was like a teen dreamboat. Uh, that's one way of putting it. Yeah. <laughs> Depends was, on what your definition of dreamboat is. I mean, prepubescent dreamboat at Decker Records. I'm looking at the Wikipedia right here. <laughs> I have the research. She did her own research, like her family member challenged her to. I read the books. Uh, <laughs> I think he was a dreamboat though, and yeah. then he got into drugs. He, I remember that's what attracted me to his story. He he had he went through he went, yeah. he dabbled with drugs for a bit. I'm like, well, I can relate to this guy now. And then he and all of a sudden you had the hard conversion. I'm like, that's just like me. That's his story yeah. is my story. I'm not going to get in a private jet. That's it. That's, 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 <laughs> and that's, stay that's, away, uh, don't fly. Wait, wasn't yeah. a helicopter? I want to say plane, but I might be mixing it up with another. Let's guess. No, I'm okay. It was uh, it was a plane crash. You're right. It was a plane crash. Was it a private plane plane? Because I remember thinking. Yeah, it was like his friend's plane. I think. Uh, Okay. Yeah. It was like he was going to his or leaving his compound or something. And and his children died with him, so it was a very. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up, Paul. Yeah. Oh, uh, jeez. Okay, Paul. Bummer. Uh, Uh, Remember, this is a joyful podcast. Um, this, this is why they call me Bitter Bay after <laughs> I became an atheist. Hey. Um, it atheist. is funny though, like his uh, <laughs> his conversion story. Like I've heard, or I've heard pastors have the same one. And I used to think it was like so hard to be like he did drugs at eighteen. It's like that's when everybody <laughs> did drugs, and, like, <laughs> and then Wait, what? you like fully do a one eighty because you're still an extremely young person and you only know how to go hard on stuff. And so it's like. Yeah, I mean, not to belittle it, but it's a really common story. Too. I agree it's with Caroline. Like Unless you were shooting up heroin when you were nine years old, your <laughs> testimony is trash. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Next! Old news. <laughs> uh, wait, I, I'm still looking up. I'm doing the research real time whether it was Calvary Kevin. Chapel or Vineyard. It was Vineyard. It, it was Vineyard. It was Vineyard. I knew it. Yeah. I told he you totally that. influenced my praise leading style, though, because I love the. Uh, my friends used to joke about it, like even during uh, uh, um, as the deer before the big final chorus, I'd be like, "Sing it like you mean it." <laughs> I just, yell, <laughs> yes, I just yes. yell that in in between. I I'm like, oh, hear you. Yeah, yeah. Close <laughs> your eyes, sing it to God. Oh God, I'm a, I just got a flashback to this guy, Pastor Frank, when I was a uh, uh, grade eight. We didn't have praise songs back then. Mm-hmm. Like it was, we, you know, it was, it was really hard to find. So he would make us close our eyes and sing the police's uh, 
every breath you take. And he, he would sing it to us. And he was like, pretend I'm God singing it to you. Whoa. And he made you do this <laughs> okay. shit to us every night at camp. Dang. I can't wait to do that to my wife and just sing whatever <laughs> song that comes to mind. <laughs> pretend I'm God. One Wish you would step back from it. your ledge, my friend. <laughs> Uh, all right, that I don't be so much. understand the message here. Okay, so created me a clean heart. This, of course, comes from Psalm 51, 10 through 12. Created me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Bit of a free spirit, actually. Um, so yeah, that's, uh, you know, that's some of the King David Psalms, uh, you know, in light of his, uh, sins of adultery, I guess, uh, he's asking for the moral of it is like, just vibe, you know, you just got to remember to vibe. Okay. We're done. We're done talking about the lyrics. (laughs) GV, GCF is GVO. Good vibes only. (laughs) Uh, live, laugh, love, good vibes only and everything will work out. Yeah. And I'm fluent in sarcasm. Yeah. He, yeah. I uh, listening to this again. I remembered like the the when we covered him, and I listened to all of his stuff. Yeah, and just like the intensity he brings to the table uh, would be so intimidating <laughs> as a like, a worshiper or the person in the congregation. I was like, he is feeling it. Like this guy is a hundred percent sincere. I know he's a showman, but it's not like he is trying to. I don't know, like conjure anything. Like he really feels this, you know, and like he will not rest until you also are participating at his level, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a true evangelist in his music that way. In terms of the intensity, yeah. Yeah. I love the song so much because it was, it was one of those ones where uh, I was like, even singing the first few times, even though I knew Psalm 51, it never struck me like, oh yeah, this he, he, there's none of his lyrics in here. It's this, he's singing Bible verses here. He's singing God's word in this song and put his own music to it. It's Which, one of the and, oldest Christian song road tricks in the book. Plagiarize God. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. You'll Return be to fine. the text. <laughs> yeah. And I love that. that. That really moved me at the time. I remember mm-hmm. th- thinking, I remember, I didn't even, I think that's when someone else explained to me uh, uh, when I was a kid. Uh, yeah. Psalm means songs. I'm like, oh, I was like, yeah, these are meant to be songs. Like, oh, that, that, you know, it, it never hits you until you're a little bit older. Like, oh, the, there were, there was a melody to this at one point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like this isn't written as prose the way yeah. maybe some of the other Bible is. Right. Yeah. And, and Proverbs is actually Hebrew for tweets. So <laughs> those are meant to be tweeted out uh, to your followers. That makes sense. Yeah. Now. You have to look at the original Hebrew though to get that. That's why I called highlighting my Bible, liking it. <laughs> <laughs> Revelation is Tumblr. Revelation is extremely Tumblr. Good grief. Oh, no. Tumblr before they got banned for adult content. Uh, Yeah. I was looking up some some context for this on on crosswalk.com. Why do we ask God to create in me a clean heart? Uh, The author says in this commentary, according to Bible scholars, when David prayed, created me a clean heart, he used the same Hebrew verb. That is used in Genesis for the creation of the world, emphasizing that the kind of radical cleansing he needed could only come from God. David apparently knew the redirection of his desires and thoughts could only come through the intervention of God as well. He began his song by asking God to have mercy on him. And although David sinned against Bathsheba and David's other wives, he ultimately realized he sinned against God, which is a hilarious way of framing it. He like ruined his... He kind of sinned a little, but he <laughs> but really... The biggest victim in the whole story 
was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, you ruined his life. You ruined his marriage, but he ruined God's day. <laughs> <laughs> Created Before me a, he had his coffee, even. Do you have any memory of this verse, Caroline, growing up of what, what it maybe meant to you, even instinctually, all biblical scholarship aside, but just on an emotional, instinctual level? Oh yeah, I mean it, it's it, it was the old thing of like you know nothing inside me is good and my heart is polluted you know and so asking God to <laughs> car wash the situation inside was like so the the goal of so many worship songs or even just like that that moment in the song where you're just trying to like recenter all the the shit that you've been through that week and just reminding yourself that like oh the reason I'm doing all of this is for God and like this is the heart of the story or whatever you know yeah that's yeah. what it meant to me I think yeah same for you would you say for me I yeah like cast me not away is the one that got me tripped up because it's like okay creating me a clean heart it's like fresh slate Starting the day new, off to the right foot. Mm. And then when we sang Cast Me Not Away, I was like, whoa, I didn't know being cast away <laughs> yeah. was on the table. Yeah. I didn't understand I was living under that threat from Here's God. The thing. You can either center yourself or you can live in darkness and abject loneliness the rest of your life. <laughs> I, I guess so. Those are the options. Yeah, yeah. What do it mean it's for you, intense. Paul, emotionally? Um, I think I think I was in a very repentant mood for like six years mm -hmm. <laughs> i had a lot of i had a lot of stuff to get out of my chest it's a long uh, stretch yeah and it was like it was like i was trying to pour it out through service in any way i could uh for about that six, five, four or six year stretch and so i think that song every time i sang it it was it was almost like i i, I felt like i was because i would do it on guitar so i felt like my tiny desk uh version of keith green's uh song where i was like just pour like just me and you guys here, and, I, and it felt like a confession. I'm giving you my testimony. Yes, again, just like last Sunday and the Sunday before, but I got to give it again. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it felt like it was, it, it did feel uh, at the time it was pouring out of me. Um, I think that's why when you ask me which song connected, that, that always comes up in my head uh, right away. Interesting. Um, yeah, because it, it kind of summed up those years for you. Yeah, and there's, there's an episode in my other podcast, uh, The Big Loop, there's one episode called All God's Children, um, and it's about it's about a man who loses his faith or is about to lose his faith um, because he has a son born with that at only a head. And at the one part, at one time uh, he sings, created me a clean heart oh. uh, and, and, and breaks down there, but I had to bring it. I had to edit it out uh, because it made the episode too long. Um, but I remember, I still have the recording. I, I just remember that like he's uh, Charlie, the actor, he sang it so powerfully and I'm listening to it as an atheist, but I'm like, it was such a powerful experience watching him do that again. That for both and his performance of it is like that almost broke me down Whoa. watching it mm. watching him pour it out of him like he was such he just immersed himself in the role uh, of a guy hanging onto his faith by a by a thread hmm. so wow. it can be kind of like a call for strength or a a request for like that repeated blank slate that mm. you feel you need especially if you were like had a stretch of years where you weren't Christian and you did, you know, your laundry list of bad things or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. like that reminder to stick with it. Mm -hmm. I think, I think that is a relatable instinct to the idea of, even if it's interpersonal conflict between you and someone else of wanting to absolve yourself of biases and these weird hangups that you have and whatever is, kind of contaminating the purity or the good faith assumptions that you want to enter into a situation with the idea of a clean 
heart. I do like that as an image. I think, I think that is helpful sometimes to think about it that way. Now, whether it's like, create me a clean heart, don't cast me, Kyle. <laughs> like I don't, I, don't, I don't connect with that as much, but I, I do understand the clean heart alone. Yeah, as as an image for that. Restore to me and the joy of salvation. Never found that much joy in salvation. I'm going to be honest with y'all. <laughs> so not much to restore there, I guess is what I'm saying. But, you know, renewal, cleanness, fresh start, second chances. You know, we can all relate to those. There, there can be some common ground there. But mm-hmm. I think, oh, go ahead, Paul. Oh, I, I was just going to say, I, th- I think as as a guy who, you know, I figured out I do have some... uh. Uh, uh, grew up with some father removal issues, mm-hmm. like a a, 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 a a very silent father who was always I was always trying to seek approval. Uh, that's I think that part of cast me not away really resonated in me because it felt like something that I like I deeply felt, right? Mm-hmm. Like I, like a grace that I needed, but I didn't realize mm-hmm. till much afterwards. Like this is something maybe not too healthy for me to think all the time. Yeah. Uh, so so I, I think and I remember the first verse from that Tony Campolo sermon that I referenced earlier uh, about the thing that converted me was him talking about his experience in Africa uh, at a funeral for uh, someone who died of AIDS and, and saying, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ, even death, nothing. And he said it over and over again, nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. And the, the whole idea of being separated from love and a guarantee that it'll never happen, that's what broke me initially. Because mm-hmm. I, I think because in my life, I've, everything felt conditional in mm-hmm. my life. My parents' love, I had to perform to keep it. You know, that's the, that's the psychology of my, my friends, acceptance, teachers, uh, my peers, all of it was very conditional for me until that moment I heard Tony Campolo say that. And it was my first experience of like, oh, that's, that's even possible. An unconditional type of affection or love. And, and, mm. and it's, it sounds, it sounds ridiculous almost to think of it now. Like I didn't hear about this till I was 18. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, 19, like that's, a, that's weird. But you know, in, in hindsight, and the, if you grew up in certain types of families, uh, this is quite common. And I think that's what maybe people like me just pushed us, uh, drove us, like rode this wave into Christianity and kept us going for a long time. Uh, even, even if our mind went a different way, like our heart just said, this is something I need. I can't even explain it. It fills a, it fills a huge hole uh, in me. And it wasn't until I got therapy after the divorce and after the, the atheism that I was like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. I, I, I get why I was driving so hard and that hit me so hard. Mm-hmm. I know the the proposition of unconditionality in anyone's affection is so attractive, and yes, that is something we can all relate to as wanting and desiring, and and wanting to give too, uh, if 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 we have the capacity for it. It's really hard to enact that out to trust it from other people and to give it too. Oh, it also explains why I have three dogs. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Talk about acceptance. Yeah, <laughs> they got a clean heart yeah. every day. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they are the clean hearts. That is, that is so interesting too. Of the um, yeah, because I I feel like with most relationships, like you're not going to experience that kind of like radical acceptance, unconditional love. I'd argue that it actually wouldn't be healthy in most relationships to have like zero conditions to the love, you know, like the closest you can get to that is probably with parents who like shouldn't, you know, cast you out of their lives because you're being a little shit that day, you know, or like you're being rude. Can you imagine? (laughs) Yeah. And so when that isn't the example or like the closest earthly thing that maybe we have it, yeah, that that is so alluring and so Mm -hmm. powerful to have come from this infinite source who 
knows you intimately and also like accepts you. And now it sounds like I'm evangelizing. And if you guys want to come to small group on Wednesday night, <laughs> we can talk about this more. And yeah, we do popcorn like prayer in. over Zoom. And uh, <laughs> you just turn your camera on when you're ready to pray. It's awesome. <laughs> Oh, boy. Well, let's go ahead and maybe rate the song. The way this works, Paul, is we're going to give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Thumbs up is us sending it all the way to heaven, giving it a holy toast. And that's when we say, oh, it's the old one. (laughs) Or thumbs down, that's a holy roast. That's when we send it or if we're not sure either way, we can send it to purgatory, a la the space between. <laughs> and we'll start as usual with Caroline. Um, I accidentally listened to the live version of this song first of this album. Mm-hmm. So there's two, right? Yes. Oh, there's a um, bunch. There's yeah. There's all sorts. Yeah. Uh, I liked that one a little bit better. I, I felt like it was more fun and maybe it made me less sad <laughs> than this version did. Uh, right, because it's like, the difference between one guy being sad and a bunch yes. of people being <laughs> sad yeah. together. <laughs> yeah, it was like we're all in this. Yeah, and you're just like you could feel people like people sounded happy in it mm-hmm. and like excited mm-hmm. in that. And I so I feel really split on this song. So I think a space between is appropriate because it does make me sad, but also <laughs> I like understand congregationally how this could be really moving and like wonderful. Absolutely. All right. Well, we turn to Paul then. I give it a thumbs up. Holy Easily. toast. Okay. E- 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 yeah. Easy. Even even now. I, I, at first I thought, uh, well, this is going to be fun looking back on this song. It'll be a, a nice memory. But just talking through it with you guys and, and, and hearing the con- and being reminded of the context of his life, I'm like, oh, this is, this is quite powerful. I, I, should not, I should not cheapen what it meant to me at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you don't have to. I, I, think, I think that's part of the aim, too, in looking back in a lot of our religious life is that we don't have to, we don't have to dismiss the parts of it that were good or, or like you said, devalue or cheapen the experiences that were salient to us. I will join with Paul and give it a holy toast myself. Give it a thumbs up. I, I, (laughs) you like it? Well, I, Keith Green is almost like musical theater. It's so sincere. (laughs) It's so bleeding, open hearted and just like, Hey, and he's like (laughs) crying on his songs basically. And some of the songs we've listened to on the show. So, so I appreciate his sincerity and as a document that's not necessarily uh, prescriptive for your life, but descriptive of a time, of a place we've been sometimes or experienced directly and of other people's experiences too. So, so yeah, enjoyed this song. Thanks for bringing it back on our radar, Paul. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Instagram, wave a thumbs up. Hell yeah. All across your screen. <gasps> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Don't mean too much. Yeah. <laughs> Well, oh my God. <laughs> dear listener, you can also vote for it yourself. You can give it a roast or toast at Christian Fun Pod. So get out there. And I said, get out there. <laughs> Pokemon, go to the polls. She was a little shy today. <laughs> it me. Yeah, Hillary didn't want to come out to play today. <laughs> Which she's is so busy. weird because she's so visible otherwise. She's all about the vote, too. Yeah, that's right. Let's rock the vote. A wish to access the poll. That's my WAP. Okay. All right. Let's bring it down now. Oh, my God. <laughs> to a more worshipful space, a more contemplative space. We're dimming the lights in here. We're lighting the candles. 
And uh, Paul, another uh, podcast, you may come on there and promote yourself and promote your projects and tell people where to follow you on social media. We're not here to do that. We're here to lift all those things up to the Lord as a loving and humble sacrifice. And we start, as usual, with Caroline. Um, usually I lift myself up, but don't follow me. I deleted Twitter off my phone. You I'm did? Like, people need to stop. <laughs> Instead, how about you volunteer to be a poll worker? That's what I'm doing. If I'm going to influence. Like Jennifer Lopez in Hustlers. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Kevin, you are so fun. Um, just do that. Instead, if you're healthy and you're able to, you feel safe, go for it. Uh, that's a nice way to uh, help your community. Maybe rock the vote. Who knows? I don't know what's going to happen. It'll be my first time. Um, I'm also going to lift up uh, Hanes Cotton Pajamas for Men. These have changed my life. They're perfect right. for summer, but it still feels like a little bit of an outfit if you're home all day working in it. Can't can't recommend them enough. I got mine off Poshmark. Uh, do the same. Wow. Hell yeah. A, a, a left, uh, a curveball of a lift up from Caroline, <laughs> who you should not follow at Caroline's Farts, but maybe her last tweet ever was the tweet <laughs> saying... You may have heard of me. I'm the one that introduced my therapist to the phrase lost in the sauce. <laughs> and that may be the last That's tweet it. she ever tweets. That's I, the I tweet. live with that. I like that. <laughs> Thanks, Caroline. We turn it to Paul. Uh, my Twitter and Instagram handles are the same at Mr. Paul Bay, M-R-P-A-U-L-B-A-E. Uh, the Twitter's mostly jokes and retweets. My Instagram's all my dogs and my cooking. So <laughs> Hell two yeah. different needs. Oh, uh, Paul, Paul's cooking videos are choice too. It's like oh. there's a there's a little bit of thirst trapping going on, and we have to celebrate <laughs> that. Yeah, it's that. Uh, I have a new book out available to my American friends called "You Suck, Sir." It's a chronicle of twelve years of teaching and my interactions with my students. And oh, it's, oh my uh, gosh. Hell it's, yeah. Uh, Is there anything yeah. you're enjoying that you Amazing. watch or listen to recently? Oh, God. We, wa- we, we binged Cobra Kai straight into our veins. Mm-hmm. Enjoyed that. And uh, I guess I could, I could say it. Selling Sunset. I, I, I needed the next season yesterday. It's been... I, I saw my yes, dream sir. house on there. I, I have these houses in certain cities where I look at it and I'm like, well, it, you know, just not, not realistic, but just a dream. And then I saw... Uh, Kwame from uh, 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 <laughs> the Fat Five. Yes, he yes. walked through that episode. That was the house. That like, one. That one. I'm like that I house want... was good. That was that the house had was... a bunch of brick and stuff in it. Too, yes. Right? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. You got a good memory. It's, oh it's my just... god. Yeah. It's out of my. It's out of my privacy range, obviously. But so it's a gorgeous house. Like gross like modern everything's white like just terrible <laughs> yeah. and then every once in a while i'm like okay this is what money is for like yeah this house yeah yeah like that ridiculous what 70 million dollar mansion in beverly hill oh. that, that one that can't move like no, that, no don't give me that, that weird one. guy that yeah, built yeah. it oh he was yeah. he gave me such bad vibes oh, yeah yeah man. yeah jesus wouldn't yeah. buy that he would buy the brick and yeah. brick and jesus glass would, one. Uh, a more yeah a subtle choice yeah all right, thanks, Paul. Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter. I will lift up. I'll lift up a podcast I really enjoyed that launched last week called The Renner Files. My my friends Sarah Ramos and Caroline Goldfarb started a podcast about the oh rise God. and fall of the Jeremy Renner app, which is maybe my favorite thing that's ever happened oh on the internet. Oh my God! Listen to that. And the podcast, I, it, it is a parody of true crime, but it's also an actually terrific well-produced podcast they're so funny and understanding who jeremy renner is is so insane it's wonderful 
and everyone should listen to it. And uh, watch Ted Lasso. That show's great. Ah, Ted Lasso. He's so nice. He's nice to everyone on that show. He makes them better people. It's very sweet. Paul, thanks so much for joining us on the show, friend. Well, thanks for having me. This has been a pleasure. It's been so much oh, fun talking so to you too. What a blasty blast! I know after after all these years, and I guess there's nothing left to say except for an all pods people said, "Amen." Man. All right, let's go Justin out. Hands. Uh, Paul, do you uh, have a Keith Green song that's not created me a clean heart that you'd like us to go out on? Uh, name his top three hits. It's one of those ones. It's oh, oh, biggest- Lord, you're beautiful. No, not that one. There is a Redeemer? Not that one. Easter song? Oh, wait. It might have been the first one. Oh, <laughs> what was Lord, the first one again? Oh, Lord, You're Beautiful? Yeah, that one. Sorry. That one. That's the one. <laughs> Number one fan. Yeah, I never expect the first one. <laughs> hey, he sounds like he's crying. Oh, Lord, you're beautiful. He's like the cowardly lion of CCM. <laughs> he's Especially the king with, of the warble. Yeah. There's no subtext. He tells you exactly what he's feeling there. (laughs) Sometimes, yeah. You never have to guess. A cigar is just a cigar. (laughs) All right, we'll see you next week on the podcast. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.